A reading from the first Corinthians 15, verses 1 through 8. Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved, if you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believe in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James and to all the apostles. Last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. Amen, amen. Good morning, Edge City Church. It is so good to see you. Uh, welcome to our Easter service here. Um, happy Easter, happy Easter. Happy Easter, happy Resurrection Sunday, guys. I'm so excited to be with you. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, my name is uh, Finn. I serve as uh, the lead pastor here at Edge City Mineola, where we are one church in two different locations here in Long Island and also in Queens as well. Um, uh, we have a large crowd here today, so I'm so happy that you're able to be with us today as we are all here, and we are here celebrating the greatest moment in the of the greatest victory of the greatest person who has ever lived in the history of humanity, the resurrection of our King, Jesus Christ. Like, and I have good news for us that Jesus is alive. And right now he is alive. He is on the throne. He is living. And because Jesus is alive, our hope is alive. Our future is alive. The kingdom of God is alive. And the church of Jesus Christ is alive. Listen, nations come and go right? Kingdoms rise and fall, right? Uh, philosophies tend to kind of go in and out, but the church of Jesus Christ keeps moving forward because Jesus is alive. He is alive. And you need to know that we don't just, we're not here studying and the sayings and teachings of a dead man, right? We do not adhere to the philosophies of a religion, of a spiritual tradition, we follow a risen, a living, a loving Savior, the God-man Jesus Christ. And this morning we are here and we are celebrating that truth. Today is Easter, the day of all days that we come and we celebrate that truth. Now, today we're going to be diving into our text here. We are in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I want to thank Tim for reading uh, that scripture for us. Uh, today, our scripture here is the longest theological treatise that on the resurrection in the entire Bible is right here. And today, I'm going to be preaching 
Um, I'm going to be giving three points in my sermon here with three implications and then close out with just three applications for us about the resurrection. And so I'm going to start with uh, three reasons to believe in the resurrection. Three reasons to believe in it. So here's reason number one. Reason number one to believe in the resurrection is this, is that Jesus was dead. Jesus was dead. Let's read verse three. It says, it reads this. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died. Can you say died? For our sins in accordance with the scripture. And so I want to start off by letting you know that when Jesus died, he really died, right? Like Jesus was dead, dead, right? Dead. He historically, physically, literally was dead. He didn't metaphorically die. It wasn't hyperbole. It wasn't figurative, right? Jesus died. Now, why does that matter? I'm wondering, you may be asking that question. I'm glad you asked. The reason that matters is because that Jesus who is, is not just the Jesus who is in your hearts, he is the Jesus who is in history. He was the real God-man who came to earth, who really lived a real life, who really died a real death. And the Gospels teach us that, that he was beaten beyond recognition, that he was uh, flogged and scourged. Uh, many Roman criminals didn't even make it to the cross. They didn't even just make it past that preemptive beating process. But Jesus made it to the cross when he was nailed through the hands and through the feet, where Jesus on the cross was executed. And it was a publicly documented execution by the state. And it was for our sins. For our sins that Jesus on the cross not only took the pain of the nails in his hands and in his feet, but so too he took the pain of rough lumber on his lacerated back. And most importantly, he took the wrath of God, the punishment for sins for our sins on the cross that Jesus breathed his last and he died. And to ensure that he was dead, a Roman soldier then took a spear and went underneath his ribcage, puncturing the heart sack and water and blood flowed through him, verifying, confirming that Jesus was most assuredly dead. And some will say, some will say, no, you know, he, he didn't really rise because he didn't really die. Impossible, right? Impossible because Jesus was dead. Verse 4 here says that he was buried and he was wrapped up, up upwards of 100 pounds of burial cloth and spices. And he was placed in a tomb of Joseph of Arimathea and he was it, there was a stone door that was at the entrance and it was rolled over and it was sealed with a Roman seal. It was fixed with a Roman stamp and it was guarded by Roman soldiers. And for two days, there was no sound. There was 
no movement, no activity, because Jesus was literally, verifiably, emphatically, he was historically dead. That's reason number one. Reason number two is this. To believe in the resurrection is that Jesus is alive. Can you say Jesus is alive? Verse four, it reads like this. It says this, and he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scripture. That's amazing right there, right? Like, that's amazing because he was dead and he was not dead, right? Like, some of you maybe are here, maybe watching online, and you're thinking, you know what? Um, you know, you're saying, yeah, I mean, of course. It's the Bible. The Bible is going to say that, Right? Okay, so number one, let me respond to that. Number one, what we find out is there was a first century historian by the name of Josephus. And Josephus was hired by Rome to investigate the first century group of emerging people that were there that were called Little Christ or Christians. So they they couldn't figure out this strange little group that was there because their leader had died. And yet, they continued to grow in numbers. So they were puzzled there. Because you know why? Because that doesn't happen, right? When the leader dies, when the shepherd is striked, the sheep scatters, right? You kill the leader, you kill the movements. With Jesus, they kill the leader and it grows the movement. They couldn't figure it out. So they hired this first century Jewish historian by the name of Josephus, as I shared. And this is what Josephus said. And I quote, Josephus says this. And when, upon the accusation of principal men among us, Pilate had condemned him to a cross, those who had first come to love him did not cease. He appeared to them spending a third day restored to life. And the tribe of the Christian, so-called, after him, has still, till this day, has not disappeared. So number two that I want to put before you for your consideration is that if Jesus didn't rise, where is his tomb, right? If Jesus didn't rise, where is his tomb? You see, we know the whereabout of every burial site of every religious leader who has ever lived. You know why? Because they are memorialized. They are enshrined. They are visited. People go back and they weep and they put flowers and they come up with shrines to go and honor them. But right, not with Jesus, though. Why? The most important figure in all of human history, we have no idea where his tomb is because no one went there. No one went there. He borrowed it for three days and he came out of the tomb and he was alive on the earth in a body for 40 days. People weren't going to the tomb with him. People were going out for coffee with him. Right, like they were sitting with Jesus. They were eating fish with Jesus. They were being ministered by Jesus. They didn't have time for a tomb. And after 40 days, he ascended into heaven 
and no one went back to that tomb because they knew he wasn't at the tomb. They went on and they worshiped Jesus because Jesus is alive. You know, some of you guys are here viewing online as well, and you've, you've been a Christian for a long time, right? And what happens is we tend to forget how crazy this is. This is crazy. Crazy. Like, I want you to imagine going to a friend's funeral. You pay your respect. You hear a wonderful sermon. You go to the burial. You, they put dirt on the body. You go to the luncheon. You go and you hug the family. You send a card. You go back home. You go back to work. And then three days later, you get a text message from your friend saying, hey, you want to do breakfast this week? Right? Like, this is unexpected here. This is crazy. And this is real. This is Jesus. He was raised from the dead. Now, there are some people who, you know, are in the Bible and also are in history who have died and um, they become undead and then they die again, right? And so this is a real thing. So maybe you know somebody like that, right? Maybe you heard of somebody like that. Like their mortal body died and their heart stopped beating and then they were brought back to life and then uh, what happens some years later is that they die again. And so we would call this uh, revivification. We would call this resuscitation, right? But this is not Jesus, though. Jesus didn't die and rise and die again. It wasn't a resuscitation. It was a resurrection, right? And what verse 53 in our text calls an imperishable body versus a perishable body. An immortal body versus a mortal body. And so Jesus died and he rose and he stayed alive. He is alive today in a resurrected body and he is ruling and he is reigning and he is preparing to come back to this earth to right everything that was wrong once and for all. So what does that mean, guys? What does that mean? Is, what that means is that Jesus was dead and now he is alive. And so we don't just have the teachings of a, of a dead man to follow. He's not just a, a religious historical figure to follow and for us to remember, but he's not just a person from the past like Martin Luther or like Abraham Lincoln that we mem memorialize or we remember, but he is a living person. He is a reigning God, and he is the living Jesus Christ. Reason number three to believe in the resurrection is this, is that Jesus is still revealing himself to people today. Jesus is still revealing himself to people today. For, for those of you who don't know Jesus yet, you don't believe in Jesus, you don't buy into this whole resurrection of Jesus, I want you to know that you don't need to look at history for proof. You don't need to do that. You could actually just take a look around this room at the people in this room right now, because every Christian in this room will tell you 
that without Jesus, everything is different and nothing is better. But that life with Jesus is the best life. It is not always an easy life, but it is a new life. It is a free life. It is a changed life that Jesus is alive and Jesus changes everything. I have known Jesus for most of my life now. That's over four decades. And I'll tell you this, life has ups and downs. Life has victories and life has trials and struggles as well. But Jesus is the steady line that runs through this whole thing for the follower of Jesus. Jesus never, never changes. And because of Jesus, Listen, I am not a perfect man. You can just ask my wife. But I am a different man. I am a forgiven man. I am a changed man. A man with an anchor, and he has revealed himself to me, and I get to walk with my Lord Jesus. There are people in this room, and there are people that are watching online as well, who recently perhaps met Jesus. I recently heard of a story of a young lady who uh, just came to New York from the other side of the world, who uh, she just met Jesus, who probably she would not have met Jesus if she didn't come here. She heard the good news of Jesus a few weeks ago from some friends in her church, and she gave her life to Jesus, and she was transformed by Jesus. Like, how amazing is that? And I want you to know that this is happening right now every single day to people in every continent all over the world. Because when Jesus comes with Jesus's life and Jesus's love and Jesus's power intersects someone else's life, their whole life changes in a moment. And it transforms their legacy and it forever redirects their entire destiny. Jesus is still revealing himself to people today. So that's three quick reasons, quick reasons to believe in the resurrection. And so you only need one, pick which one is your favorite, and you can believe in that. There's three of many reasons. So Jesus rose from the grave, right? So the question is, okay, Jesus rose from the grave. So what do we do with it then? What does this mean for us? What are the implications of this? And how should we then live in this world? What does this then accomplish? So if Jesus rose, so what? Let me give three implications of the resurrection for us. Implication number one is this. The implication number one is that the Christian faith is validated. The Christian faith is validated because of the resurrection of Jesus. Because Paul points out in verse 17, this is what Paul says, verse 17, let's read that. If, if if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, and you're still in your sins. Then those, who, those also who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. And if in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. But... In fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. 
So, so listen, the, the whole Christian faith is predicated on the fact that Jesus rose from the grave. And Paul is here and he's saying that it all comes down to, to this. Jesus is dead or Jesus is alive. That's it. He is either dead or he is either alive. And um, if we could figure that out, everything else will just kind of fall into place. So if Jesus is dead, then this whole thing is, is a sham. All of this is a sham, right? Then, if, then we should all be mocked. We should all be pitied above all human beings. Then we should just shut down the lights here, you know, just wrap up the band. Guys, you can go home, um, you know, go get some ham after this because none of this matters. All of this is fake, this is all fake. But if Jesus is alive, no one else has ever done this. Then he is God. And this right here should be the nucleus that everything in our lives absolutely revolves around. So what do we do? We, we cry out, Savior, God, Lord, and bow down and we worship him. He is either dead or he is either alive. And for Paul, he's someone who thought that Jesus was dead. And so Paul, he, he hated the church. He hated Jesus. And then Paul writes this. It comes after a time that he saw Jesus, that he was raised from the dead, and then he knew that everything is different because Jesus is alive. The Christian faith is validated by the resurrection of Jesus. That's implication one. Implication number two is this. Because of the resurrection, death has been defeated. Death. Amen. Hallelujah. Death has been defeated. You see, your biggest problem and my biggest problem all of our biggest problem, you know what it is? It's death. Because guess what? Death is coming for us. It doesn't matter how healthy you are. It doesn't matter how young you are. It doesn't matter how many multivitamins that you take. It doesn't matter what kind of workout that you do. You are going to die. Everyone who could hear me right now in this room, watching online right now, we are all alive. Ten years from now, though, some of us will be dead. Fifty years from now, most of us will be dead. A hundred years from now, we will all be dead. Happy Easter, everyone. <laughs> Time to go home. Let me just pray. That's reality, right? That's reality. If no one told you that, I am so sorry. <laughs> there is no avoiding that. And none of us has been to the other side that can come back and report on it. This is new territory for all of us. I don't care how many degrees you have. I don't care how, sm how smart you are how insightful, 
None of us have been there. Death awaits all of us, and we have never been there. However, Jesus is the one in human history who said, I will die, and then in three days I will come back from the other side. I will go to where you are going, and I will come back, and I'm going to tell you all about it. And he went to the other side, and he died a very real death. And while for everyone else, death is a very permanent issue, for Jesus, there is no problem. He faced death. He became fully dead. And then he overcame death, and he became fully alive. And that is amazing. That is amazing. Who could overcome death? The author of life. Who could die and rise? The one who is called the resurrection and the life. Who could overcome the grave that awaits all of us? The one person in history who kicked the door off of his grave and he rose in victory. And this is how it works, guys. This is how it works. You see, um, in Jesus's sinless life, he fulfilled the law of God. He defeated Satan, our great tempter. And Jesus, um, Jesus' brutal death, he defeated sin and its punishment, right? The wrath of God. And in Jesus's resurrection, he defeated death. He defeated all of our enemies. Look with me in verse 26. It says this, the last enemy to be destroyed is death. The last enemy to be destroyed is death because Jesus killed death. Later on in this passage, the apostle Paul, he actually mocks death, right? Like he's making fun of death. Like he's rendering, rendering it laughable when he quotes the prophet Hosea in verse 54, in verse 54, he says, death is swallowed up in victory. And he speaks to death. He speaks to death. Check this out. He speaks to it and he says, oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin and the power of death is a law, but thanks be to God who gave us the victory through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Edge City Church, Jesus is the first man in history to predict his own death and resurrection and pull it off. He defeated your greatest enemy, death. Death used to be our problem. Now Jesus is our solution to it. Which brings us to our last implication here. The third implication of the resurrection is this, is that believers will rise to be with Jesus. Believers will rise to be with Jesus. Let's read verse 21 to 23. This is what it says. It says, For as by a man came death, 
by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall also be made alive. But each in its own order, Christ is the first fruit, then at his coming, all that belongs to Christ. And so he's saying here, uh, because Jesus rose, we will rise also. Adam and Eve, our first parents in the garden, Adam, he took the fruit and he sinned. And because Adam sinned, he died. And he was the first fruit of death. He dies, his offsprings, they die, and everyone dies because one man sinned. Everyone dies. Jesus, the Bible says, is the new Adam. He is the redeemed Adam, the Adam who has never took taken that fruit, the Adam who overcame temptation, and because he defeated death, so too everyone else will rise. And those that know Jesus and those that love Jesus and those that have been forgiven by Jesus will rise as well. And this is, and this means that Jesus' resurrection on Easter was not an exhibition. It was not a demonstration. It's what verse 23 calls the first fruits, the first of many. So uh, one of my neighbors has an apple tree. And so I was just driving past, it, past their home the other day, and I noticed that it was kind of filled with apple buds there. And in about five or six months or so from now, they are going to get their first apple. The first one is going to become ripe, and then, you know, I'm sure they're going to eat that apple. They are going to enjoy that apple. And right after the first apple, guess what? Comes the second apple, then the third apple, then the fourth apple, until that whole tree is weighed down with red, beautiful, delicious, bright apples. Jesus is that first fruit. He is the first one to come, which means behind him comes a whole bunch more. And at that day, that day is coming, that the dead in Christ will rise to be with Jesus, to rise to be like Jesus. And if you are in Christ, Easter means so too you will rise as well to be like Jesus. Easter is both the celebration that Jesus rose and it is also the anticipation that we are going to rise to be with Jesus. We are going to live forever. Guys, we are going to live forever, forever, ever, forever. Like we, think about that for a moment. We're going to live forever. So we hear that, so what are we going to do with that? What are we going to do with that? Here's two responses before I close. Two responses for the resurrection. Response number one is this, is that you need to receive the good news. You need to receive the good news. Let's look back at verse one. This is where this whole thing started. Paul writes this in verse one, chapter 15. 
Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand. You see, we need to know that the Christian faith has a starting point, right? Our Christian life has a starting point. You are born physically. Everyone starts off with a physical life. And the scripture says that so too you need to start uh, a spiritual life as well. And those two didn't happen on the same birthday. Like we're all born, and the Bible says that we need to be reborn, right? We need to be born a second time. We need to be born into a spiritual relationship with Jesus Christ where our sins are forgiven and we have a new identity in him. And so how do we do that? Verse 1 tells us, it says, we receive it. We receive it. Now, theologically, that is a very important word right there, right? Notice it doesn't say achieve. It says receive. We achieve what we can earn. We receive that which we could never earn. And the resurrection verifies that Jesus Christ did all of the earning for you and I. That Jesus, he lived a perfect life without sin. He died a brutal death to pay the penalty of our sin. And he rose to give eternal life to those that admit that they do have sin. You see, salvation is a gift. Eternal life is a gift. Our future resurrection and new bodies is a gift. And like every good gift, what do we do? We receive it. We receive it. And so if you are not a Christian here watching online right now, and you need to know that there is the most important decision that you can make is what are you going to do with Jesus, right? What are you going to do with Jesus we need to know that the most important day of your life is the day of your death. And I want us to be ready for that moment. Would this day be the day that you receive the gift of eternal life? That you confess that you have sinned and that you have missed the mark and you stand to be judged by a holy God, but that Jesus Christ is the one who has stepped in your place, and all you have to do is receive that as a little child, receive that gift, and that right there is called faith. So would you turn and would you place your trust in Jesus today, and would you receive the good news of the gospel? Here's the second one. For those of us, that are here, who have received Jesus already, the response is this, keep going on in Jesus. Keep going on in Jesus. The passage ends this way. This is what it says in verse 57. It says this, But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brothers, Christians, 
Those who have trusted in Christ, be steadfast, immovable. Steadfast, immovable. Always, 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 always. Right? Emphasis in mind right there. Always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. This is the day we remember the resurrection of Jesus. This is the day that we come together and we celebrate the victory of Jesus conquering the grave. And verse 58 tells us here, don't, don't leave this place. Right? Don't, don't leave it. Every day that we celebrate Easter, don't take your eyes off of the resurrected Jesus. Don't forget the love of Jesus for you. Don't forsake the power of Jesus. Don't live your life for anything other than Jesus. Keep going on in Jesus. Keep resting in Jesus. Keep laboring in Jesus until Jesus returns. Would we all continue to rejoice that Jesus is alive? As I invite the worship team to come forward, as I invite you to close your eyes and to bow your head, and I also invite Pastor Leong to come forward as well as we go into a time of communion at this moment too. But if you are here today, and this is your first day that you are trusting in Jesus, would you rejoice that Jesus is alive? And if you're here today and you're rounding your 70th year as a Christian, would you also rejoice today that Jesus is alive, that our God is alive, that our future is alive because Jesus is alive? Oh, Lord God, we thank you, Jesus. Lord, because you are alive, we are alive in you. And this morning, Lord, we celebrate that as I pray right now. And as, I, as we pray in our hearts that we have a living God in heaven who turns his eyes and his ears and he hears and he sees us because he is alive. Jesus, we thank you for who you are. Jesus, we praise you, Lord. We praise you, God, that you have overcome sin, God, and you have overcome death and you have overcome the devil and you have given us every victory that we need. You earned it, Lord, and we receive it. Lord, would you soften our hearts even now? If you're calling us at this moment, Lord, would you unharden our hearts that we would receive, that we would pray, even along with me right now, and say, Lord Jesus, I am a sinner who needs saving, Lord. And you are a savior who loves to save. Would we do business right now, right now, and say, Lord, would you take my sins? I give them to you, God. I have been guilty of sins, things that I did that I should not have done. I've been guilty of sins, not doing things that I should have done. And Lord, I run, I run to you, God. Lord, even if we sought religion or we rebelled 
against you in many ways, Lord. We just want to say right now, God, we surrender. I surrender, God, and say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins and give me the gift of eternal life. I receive it right now. Thank you, Lord, for that gift. And we celebrate that you are alive. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.